Welcome to the A to Z English podcast, where Jack and Sochal take you on a journey from learning the basics to mastering the nuances of the English language. Our podcast is designed for non-native speakers who are looking to improve their English skills in a fun and interactive way. For those of you that episode don't covers know the a podcast, wide range of topics uh, from lives grammar and vocabulary in Mexico to slang and, and culture. Mexico and the United States the share a southern border, so they're very close uh, in proximity to one another. And I thought it would be interesting to talk to Social today about the differences between the United States and Mexico. And so, Social, um, what what's the what are like the biggest differences between living in Mexico and living in the United States? There are a lot of differences, Jack. I think some obvious ones we can point to would be things like music, culture, language, um, but also with culture come cultural values, which I think differ a lot from country to country. Mm-hmm. I would say Mexico is a lot more of what we refer to in the U.S. as a collectivist culture, mm-hmm. which I believe mm-hmm. Korea is as well, versus the U.S. is an individualistic culture. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with those terms, an individualistic culture means a culture where they prioritize the individual or the single person above all else. And they value traits such as independence, free thinking, um, creativity, difference from the norm. And their downsides might be that people raised in those cultures in comparison to collective cultures, may prioritize the well-being of the group less than the well-being of the individual. They may be sometimes seen as selfish by other cultures um, or inconsiderate. And they tend to struggle more when it comes to collaborative efforts. Yeah. A good example would be like the healthcare system in America. Like yeah. very, very much like you're it's not my responsibility to take care of you, even though we're all living in the society together and we get to decide what kind of society we want to live in. But in that case, with in an individualistic society, they might say like, well, everybody's on their own. Figure it out for yourself. You know, and uh, that has some really bad results, I think, for uh, for uh as far as people's health is concerned. So, right. yeah. So that would be like a downside of it. The The good side would be like, like you said, art and stuff like that, where people feel very free to express themselves and no one is telling someone to stop doing something, just, you know, express yourself, which that's kind of a good thing. I think it, it can be. So, yeah, I think there's also less familial like obligations. So people from the U S are more likely to follow their own like path or like goals that they value. Like Mm -hmm. you might get an education in something you actually really like, like even if it's arts or creative writing thing. Yeah. Yeah, Some kind of humanities um, degree, even if it's not likely to make you money because you don't have the same kind of obligation towards your parents or family. Right. That I see in, Cultures. So in, in Mexico, would, would it be normal for like a father to tell a son or daughter, you're going to study this? This is your yeah. major. 
okay, this is what you're going to major in. You're good at math. You're going to be an accountant. And, right. But the son or daughter says, but I want to be a painter. No. No. That's it's a hobby. Like, yeah, that's a hobby. And, you know, you're doing this to, to make money for yourself and your future. And, like, if I'm going to be investing in your education, then you kind of need to do what I say kind of thought right. process. So it's a more Which, practical kind of approach to it. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I was going to say is in direct contracts to the U S where I feel like that does still definitely happen, but people are much more likely to do their own thing, regardless of what their parents want. People are right. much more likely to rebel against their parents. I think. Yeah. It's, it's weird in America. You're, there's at least this was true when I was, when I was growing up, it's maybe less true now because of the economy, the economic situation, but around 18 years old, you are encouraged to leave your house and go stay in the college dormitory. And then mm -hmm. by like second year or third year, you kind of move off campus to your own apartment. And then mm -hmm. after you graduate from university, your parents are like, all right, it's time to move out of the house. Like get an right. apartment, get a roommate, get a job and uh, right. good luck with your life. You know, like, uh, there, my job is done, kind of. Yeah. And that's a very foreign concept, I think, in a lot of countries. Is, is that a strange yeah. concept in Mexico? Yes, it is a very strange concept. I mean, my both of my aunts still live with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, they're one of them is divorced, and the other one, no, I guess they're both divorced. Um, I was going to say the other one's widowed, but she got divorced before her late partner passed away. I just forgot. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, like they live with my grandparents and they do take care of my grandparents and things. So it's kind of a more of a mutual relationship than I think a lot of people in the U.S. assume when they see how other cultures is children stay with their parents. I think sometimes they in the in the U.S. culture, Western culture, we think of that as being like coddled kind of. Yes. Right. It's but only I, one way. Yeah. Yeah. We see it as being one way, but I don't think that's so true. At least in Mexican culture, you see people my age taking care of their parents. And it's not uncommon. For example, when my mom was younger than me, she got married uh, younger than I was. But when she was 23, she had her own job and her own income, but she still lived at home and she just paid for things for her parents. Like she didn't pay rent or anything, but she would give her parents money to fix things in the house or she would buy things for them. Um, or, you know, I have friends who might cover their parents' medical expenses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But largely your parents take care of you in other ways like maybe if you're just starting out your career and you're working like 12 hour days your parents might have food ready for you when you get home yeah yeah no it's just a much more kind of um it's almost like a collective uh, a kind of a community a, f a yeah. family community where aunt uncles and aunts and cousins and brothers and sisters and and uh wives and husbands of brothers and sisters are coming in and coming out going out all the time right it's just kind yeah. of but the central place is the grandparents house or the parents house or case by case it's case by case i think yeah. once grandparents get old enough they pass property on to 
their kids and a lot of times they'll have like a, a house and pass property onto their kids who then build the house when they get married kind of the, the essential thing is you'll have your family and then when you get married you make your own house okay and the grandparents will come live with you at your own house once you have grand grandkids and maybe they're getting old and they can't take care of themselves you might all live together yeah this is interesting that you said that the, once you have grandkids, then the grandparents will move in. It makes me think of that expression, it takes a village to raise yeah. a child. And yeah. I feel like that does not exist in American culture. And it's the thing that I realized because I I live in another country that's not the United States. And growing up in America, I just thought that's the way it was everywhere. You know, I thought like <laughs> everyone's kind of on their own, you know, like you better, you know, you, you better figure it out because um, there's no safety net, you know, like you're you can't screw this up. And 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 that's just because we live in this wildly individualistic culture, which is the United States. But it's actually the United States is the is unique, I think. I think more countries are like what you're describing in in Mexico because that's how it is in South Korea mm -hmm. and uh, Mexico. And I bet a lot of Latin American countries are very similar to that as well. And I know a lot of East Asian countries are similar as well. Yep. Um, yeah, I I know what you mean by it takes a village. I When my mom had us, my grandparents came to visit. They still didn't live in the U.S., but my maternal grandparents still lived in Mexico, but they came to visit us in the U.S. And they would do things for my mom, like help her with laundry or meals or help her with us while she slept. Because honestly, having a kid, I mean, as I'm sure you know, Jack, since you have a daughter, it does really take a village. You need more than two people there. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we, my, you know, which is funny because living in Korea, I I didn't feel so embarrassed to ask my mother to come over and help. And my mom came over for three months and helped us when my daughter was really young because my wife and I were working and, you know, trying to work and, and save money and then pay for childcare. You don't trust. I don't want to just give my kid to some stranger. Yeah. Know? I trust my mom. I trust right. my wife's my mother-in-law, but I don't trust just anybody. And so, yeah, it was really, it was, it, it was, a, it was a kind of new concept, I think for my mother to, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, I'll happily do that. But it, but it's, it was a, a thing where I felt kind of guilty asking about for it. And I think if I'd have, had I been, had I grown up in a different culture, like in Mexico or South Korea or East Asia or Latin America, I wouldn't even have to feel any guilt about yeah. that. Just be like, okay, yeah, of course, that's what we do. Like, that's what grandparents are for, you know, like that's right. Cause yeah. I guess it kind of removes some of the guilt knowing that once like your daughter has kids, you would be helping her too. Yes. Just like the way it goes, you know, I think that helps a little bit. I'm sure in 15 or 20 years, if I'm still around, knock on wood, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I would, I would happily, 
you know, like go and wherever my daughter is in anywhere in the world, you know, we would, my wife and I would go and help out, you know, cause we'll be retired by then and we'll be able to, you know, actually, you know, take care of, of our grandkid. So yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm glad we talked about this because I think obviously the food and, and the language is different and that's just a, right. a given uh, Spanish and, and, uh, and Mexican food. Um, but, uh, I think these other cultural aspects are really interesting for our listeners. So for those of you out there that, uh, enjoyed this conversation, go ahead and, uh, send us a comment or an email at a to Z English podcast at gmail.com. Check out our other episodes at a to Z English podcast.com. That is our website. You can leave a comment on the website and then definitely join our WhatsApp group. Um, the World English WhatsApp group, come and join that WhatsApp group, and uh, we will communicate with you right there in WhatsApp as well. So uh, you've got lots of ways to communicate with us and participate in the show. So let us know what you think about the cultural differences between the United States and maybe your country. And if you want to come on the show, I will interview you um, about the differences between your country and the United States as well. So All right. With that said, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. To you um, about the differences between your country and the United States as well. So, all right. With that said, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye.